0: 2 Timothy chapter 1 I'm going to read from verse 1 on this Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus to Timothy, a beloved son grace, mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord, I'm going to read it one more time, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father, in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This letter that the Spirit of God has sent through Apostle Paul this called of God, who is appointed by God and who has formed Timothy through Apostle Paul is sending a message to. Timothy, who is a beloved son to Apostle Paul in the faith. we look at Apostle Paul, his life was a life that was yielded to God and who was patterned according to the plan of God. He was called by God he was appointed by God, anointed by God. And through him, something is happening. What's happening? Christ is being formed in many people, and Timothy is one of them. But out of all the spiritual children, Apostle Paul had, Timothy. Was a beloved son in the faith. So if you look at Timothy, his relationship with Apostle Paul, Timothy was a beloved son to Apostle Paul in the faith. If you look at Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. With the beloved Son to God the Father. I will see a testimony that comes out of the mouth of God the Father to all the people. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. As we see this certification, it comes from God, saying that this Jesus, whom you see, is not any son, is a beloved son. You can have any number of children, there are a lot of children in the world, but there are a few that people can say, this is my beloved son, or beloved daughter, in whom I'm well pleased, not even pleased, well pleased. And you see why the life of Jesus was so pleasing to the Father because Jesus patterned his life after the will of the Father. When we become children who line up with the will of the Father, we obedient to the call of God, the plans of God, the purposes of God because we want to, because we love him so much we become beloved in a sight, well-pleasing well-pleasing to God when we look at Timothy, Timothy was a son who was a beloved son if you look at Daniel, God calls Daniel also beloved Why? Because there were people who would do anything for God because they had faith in God Almighty. There were people of faith who obeyed the Lord in everything, in every situation. There were people of faith who never shrink back. There were people of faith who lived to please God Almighty. As we look at the life of Jesus and what God said about Jesus, when you look at the life of Apostle Paul and his relationship with Timothy, we see that there's a distinction here that Timothy was not just any son, He was a beloved son, a son who was very much loved by Apostle Paul, dearly loved. There's a distinction, there's a distinction. Even in love, the intensity of love, there's a distinction. When it comes to the relationship with God, God is not partial. God is not partial to love some people and not to love others. So love some more and love others less. No. But He loves people, those who are true to Him and truly obey Him. And you see, there's a degree of that love. And there's a deeper love, a deeper affection, and that God shows to those whom He loves. So if you look at the whole world, God loved the whole world. Yes. It's not that God loves some and He does not love others. No, He loves everyone. That's why He sent Jesus. with his love there are people who prove themselves to be unworthy of that love they discard that love they disgrace that love they trample that love and they choose death over life and that's why many people are in hell today with that love there are people who are loved by God more deeply more intensely, than others. Who are they? Those are the people who find favor in the sight of God. Who are those people who find favor in the sight of God? People who have chosen to walk with God. People who have chosen to love God deeply. Love God passionately. Obey Him fervently. Whose hearts are loyal towards Him. Such people God is able to trust. Such people God shows abundant favor. And God loves them. In a very unique way. This is why we can say God is not partial because anyone who will obey Him faithfully, anyone who will love Him with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength will receive the same deep love who receive that same unique love from God. And some families have seen, I saw this with my own eyes when I was a child growing up. I saw uh, in a family where I used to go to school, they used to have um, rickshaws. I've not seen it here. I don't think they have it anymore in India now. But when I grew up, these rickshaws where you have like a hood on one side of the seat, where um, people or children will sit before they go to, you know, when they go to school. And then on the other side, there's no hood. And so, the one who is sitting inside the area where the hood is, they will be protected from the sun. And then the others who are sitting on the other side, they will be exposed to the sun, the heat, and the sun. And as we, as children, you know, parents pay for the rickshaw, it's like a cab, but but it's not a cab. Three wheeler where a man sits in the front and he he cycles it, and um, children they go from their home to their school. So, the rickshaw guy, he will, driver, he will stop at different houses and pick up the kids. So, we have, like, say, we have six children in one rickshaw. Three can be within the hood where they can get the shade, and three outside. And as, as I used to go to school in the rickshaw, I used to see this with my own eyes as, as a child. It really weighed heavily on me because. I will see a mother who will come. And in that rickshaw, I will have the seat that is there, one seat. And she has two children, two girls. One will be of a lighter complexion and the other will be of a darker complexion. She will have the lighter complexion girl sit inside the hood where the shade is and she will have the darker complexion sit on the other side, opposite, where the sunlight is. Why? The logic is you don't want the lighter complexion girl to lose her complexion, become darker. But it's okay for the darker child to sit across where there's no shade. It used to really bother me, and I used to see that how can a mother do that to her own child? Two children coming from the same womb, you show favoritism, and you treat one better than the other. Not because one is rebellious and the other is obedient, no. Because of the way one looks. One happened to be born taking after the mother's complexion. The other one happened to be born taking after the father's complexion. Obviously, she prefers lighter skin over darker skin. So the child who came with the darker skin, who had no say in it, no choice, is getting treated this way. Differently than Her sister Who comes from the same family From the same mother Same father Differently This is Human Reality It happens Many families I've seen They will favor one child over the other Because they think that this child is cuter than the other or this child is smarter than the other And then the other one gets a different kind of treatment. These kind of things are an abomination. They are abomination to God Almighty. Never should be done in a Christian home. Shouldn't be done in any home. When we belong to God, there should be no favoritism in the house based on looks, based on their capacity, mental capacity physical capacity, talents, skills. Partiality is an abomination to God. God shows no partiality based on what one has and what one doesn't have. God has created everybody with different kinds of talents and skills and blessings. And to God, every single person is equal. God is not like, Jesus says, even if your parents were evil knowing good gifts knowing to give good gifts to your children so in this world human beings many many in many ways they choose evil over good and their children become recipients of that behavior they see what is being done, that child would have definitely known if I saw what was happening. You can't say anything as a child. The own child knows what's happening. God sees what's happening. It is a terrible thing. Terrible thing. To watch it happen, if you can't do anything, you cannot do anything about it. Imagine how God feels when he sees these things because human beings, they have a choice. And they're misusing the choice that God has given to them to do good and not evil. But when it comes to faith, when it comes to following God, God is not partial at all. God Loves everyone equally. That's why we have John three sixteen, where God says God so loved the world, all of us. He loves all of us. And each person is very special and very unique to him. How do we respond to his love? How do we love him back? Is what we must think about. God loves us so much. While we were yet in sin, dead in sin, Christ died for the ungodly. All of humankind fall into that group called ungodly. All of us. Christ died for all of us. There's no partiality. But then, There are people who choose to receive His love. People who choose to say, Lord, I want to be your child. There are people who choose to say, Lord, I want to serve you. There are people who choose to say, Lord, I will lay down my life for you. There is a distinction. There has to be a distinction. The God, the righteous one, He's able to trust such people. They become God's special people because they really love him they're really loyal to him they're not like the the rest of the people who reject his love who become his enemies traitors who join with the devil they don't want anything to do with God and God shows them his special love. Just like John the Apostle, when he was a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, leaned on the bosom of Jesus. You have Judas, who was also a disciple, who chose to betray Jesus. Judas also had the opportunity to be like John the Apostle, but he chose not to. He turned. He turned Away from Jesus and became a betrayer, an enemy of Jesus Christ. So we look at the love of God who become the beloved children of God. All those who choose to become the beloved children of God, there's no partiality there. Anyone, you can be his beloved, I can be his beloved. Our children can be His beloved. Our friends can be His beloved. Our co-workers can be His beloved. But among the beloved group, the people, who can really be His beloved, you see faithfulness. You see obedience. You see selflessness. You see true love. True lovers of God are his beloved. You see the same character in Timothy here where Apostle Paul is able to say Timothy you're not just any son you're a beloved son in the faith. You're a beloved son in the faith. I have many spiritual children but Timothy you're a beloved son in the faith. You don't see Apostle Paul writing letters to a whole bunch of spiritual children. You have the Bible full of letters to all kinds of spiritual children. No. To Timothy, who was a beloved son, Apostle Paul was able to share with him deeper things of God. Apostle Paul was able to share with him the deeper, the deeper things of God. Because Timothy was trustworthy and Apostle Paul knew that. Timothy will not squander. Timothy will not throw away the treasures that God is giving to Apostle Paul. He was able to trust him with the spiritual treasures. We need to be like that. God is speaking to our hearts today. You have to be trustworthy, a beloved son, a beloved daughter of the Most High God. Be trustworthy in everything. To draw closer to the living God. To hear Him say that you are my beloved. To the Father in Heaven. And to the spiritual parents that God has given to us. We need to have that relationship where that the love of God, the faithfulness of God should flow through His children, that they become beloved children of God, and beloved children that God gives to His people, His servants, where that they are able to trust them with eternal riches, that they are able to trust them with spiritual treasures, that you become a, a bank where spiritual riches are deposited, Now you become a bank where spiritual treasures are deposited. It's a very deep truth that God is speaking to a church this morning. What is a bank? A bank is a place where you receive any gift, where money is credited and money is debited. Money is deposited, money is withdrawn where transfers take place. In the life of a believer, when they become trustworthy people, become like this. Bank. Bank is a place where people can trust, where deposits can be made, because it can be trust. Nobody is going to go and deposit their money in any place where they say, that, well, you know, we're a bank too. No, you really find out you know, that they really have the credentials to be a bank and if they're a reputable place and and how long they've been there and, and how well they're doing and you see all those things before. You deposit your money there. When it comes to our soul, when it comes to our bodies, God will see the same thing. He looks for one thing, a loyal heart. A loyal heart is a loving heart. A truly loving heart will be a truly loyal heart. The eyes of the Lord, they run to and fro, looking to see whose hearts are loyal towards Him. He looks for trustworthy people, loyal hearts. And when he sees loyal hearts, then he says, I can deposit here. I can trust my spiritual treasures here. I can invest in this person. I can invest my riches in this person. And those who become trustworthy people will become... A blessing to others, where others are able to, people who come to the Lord, they are able to draw from that resource, from the treasure that God deposits into people who are called His Beloved. This is an opportunity that is given by God to every single person who comes into His kingdom. When we have true faith in God, we'll be willing to do anything that God would call us to do. When we have that spirit of obedience, when we have that love that flows from the Father, we're willing to lay down our lives and do anything that God would call us to do. the Spirit of God will be pleased to deposit his treasures into such people. So to Paul, Timothy was a beloved son. As a result of that, what happened? Heavenly treasures are deposited into Timothy through Apostle Paul. To mold Timothy into the image of God, to mold Timothy that so he can become just like an apostle Paul. There's a blessing that can never be robbed by the enemy or anyone if we choose to follow God faithfully. And the blessing is the riches that comes from heaven. Jesus told, Martha this, Martha, Martha, Mary has chosen the better part that'll never be taken away. That'll never be taken away. That means no one, no demon, no human can take away that part. But God deposits when you become that safe locker when you become that bank that trustworthy bank the treasure that God deposits into you no one no demon no human nothing can take that away from you God is asking you this morning do you want to be my beloved son do you want to be my beloved daughter Can you be such a person? If Jesus was able to. If Daniel in the Old Testament was able to. If Abraham was able to. If Noah was able to. If Apostle Paul was able to. Timothy was able to. Apostle John was able to. Prophet Samuel was able to. Enoch was able to. We have no excuse living in the New Testament period, having given much grace, having received much grace. We have no excuse to say why we can't love God with all our hearts, mindful and strength. Jesus has loved us so much and He has given Himself for us. And we say, Lord, it's so hard to love you, it's so hard to follow you, Lord, I can't fully obey you, I don't know why. It breaks the heart of the Father. Why should Satan take credit? How much has Satan done for you? Good, how much? good has Satan done for you that it's so easy to follow him it's easy to love him it's easy to be loyal to him doesn't make sense when you think about it why will believers disobey God so easily why will believers love the things of this world so easily why will they Follow Satan so quickly, Why is it so hard for them to follow Jesus? Why is it so hard for them to love God, who's loved them so much? Why is it so hard for them to follow the Lord, who's laid down His life, for us to give us so much? And He's calling us to follow Him. He's calling us to His abundance, He's calling us into His glory. Why is it so hard to follow Him when we are the ones who are going to reap the benefit and the blessings of it? Why will we follow Satan when we know all he has to offer is curse? All he will do is steal, kill and destroy. Why? And then to go around saying that it's so hard to follow Jesus, to break the heart of God. Think about it. Tell the Lord, Lord, I want to change the way I live, I want to change the way I speak. All that you have done for me, I should automatically love you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. All that you have given to me, I should run after you. All that you have promised to do for me. There should be no turning back Everything that the world has to offer Has to become distasteful Spontaneously The eyes of A person is open To reality They will not want to have anything to do With the things of this world Because they can see you know this is the end The end is destruction That Satan will offer Why will we partner with Him? Only those who want to be destroyed Why will they want to be destroyed? May God help us to understand What the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to our hearts this morning Timothy Was a beloved son In the faith In How is Apostle Paul training Timothy? How is Apostle Paul molding Timothy? How is Apostle Paul working in the life of Timothy through the Spirit of God, working in and through him? Verse 3, very important. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience. And your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded, is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. How is the Apostle Paul through the Spirit of God, depositing the treasures into Timothy? If you see that, Timothy, his beloved son, is getting prayed. The Apostle Paul praying for him night and day. That's huge. Apostle Paul is bringing Timothy before the Lord because he's a beloved son in the faith. He's trustworthy. Apostle Paul has laid hands on Timothy specially so that he can receive what God has invested into Apostle Paul so that Timothy can effectively serve the Lord. And Apostle Paul sees something very unique in Timothy. Loyalty and faith. Where Timothy has this genuine faith. Genuine faith. And Timothy was someone who poured out himself in the work of the Lord and for Apostle Paul who is serving the Lord, trustworthy man, that he will not just abandon Apostle Paul, the work of the Lord, because he sees some danger coming. He sees that Apostle Paul's life is under threat, and I can get caught too, and so I'm going to just leave him and go, and say that I don't know who Apostle Paul is. Timothy was a man... A faith. Timothy was a man who would risk anything And do what God would call him to do through Apostle Paul Timothy had a very strong bond with Apostle Paul Who was a man of God, an apostle of God And Timothy received much from Apostle Paul Because Timothy was a trustworthy man of God Apostle Paul was able to invest into him, knowing that this will not go to waste. That the Spirit of God was able to direct Apostle Paul to invest into Timothy, knowing that whatever he would deposit into Timothy will go to those who are in need. He knows that he's going to use those spiritual gifts to expand the kingdom of God. He'll use the spiritual gifts to touch the lives of the people, to remove their burdens. He will not use it for some filthy self-gain. He will not use the gifts of the Lord to gain money, fame. He will not use it for self-gain, period. Therefore, Apostle Paul was able to invest into Timothy the eternal treasures of God. See, what we take with us, what we can keep with us forever, in this world and in the world to come, is eternal riches, eternal treasures. The world cannot give and the world cannot take away. Something that only God can give. When it comes to wealth, God can give wealth, the Bible says. But you know, Satan can also. When he wants to take someone to hell, he will give whatever they want, whatever their heart desires. That's his bait. But when it comes to eternal riches, only God can give that. No demon can give. No demon can give. No human can give. Only God can give. And through His working in the lives of His servants who, who have received from His hands and who are led by Him, only they can give. Only they can give. Just like a bank can give. Because the bank has received the money. And the bank can give and people go and apply for loans, and people go to withdraw because deposits have been made. It becomes a blessing to people. But without that deposit, it's just a building, empty building. Nobody's going to come there. That's how it is when it comes to the kingdom of God. As long as the storehouse is full. Others will be blessed. But in order for that to happen, it has to be reliable, a loyal source where God can serve. Apostle Paul was a reliable source, a loyal vessel of God who received much from God because, verse 3, you see, he served God He says, I serve God with a pure conscience. This is a big statement which he was boldly able to say before God and man. And to all those people who are led astray by the devil, who have given room for the devil to lead them astray, to say that Apostle Paul was the man who was always struggling and wanted to do right and was not able to do anything right, And he was the one who was doing ministry and healing the sick and raising the dead while he was living in sin. And that's why I too am not able to live a victorious life. Shame on all of them because they've given room for the devil to twist the Word of God. No matter how Satan may try to bring blemish on the glorious testimony that God had given to Apostle Paul a man who had a pure conscience what offense before God and man no demon can corrupt that and all those who misinterpret the word and dare say that Apostle Paul was a man who was not able to live a holy life will stand guilty on the day of judgment before God Almighty for falsely slandering the character of this mighty man of God who laid down his life so that others can live, who lived a life of clean conscience, pure conscience before God and man, who not only lived a life that was pure before God and man, but he instilled that in Timothy, who was his beloved son in the faith. You must understand, if you don't have a pure conscience before God and man, God will not use you. He will not. He cannot. Anytime you have Satan's property in your house, God cannot use you. Satan will claim ownership to that. You can have no power with the enemy. Because Satan will say, hey, I'm your boss. Who are you trying to say get up in Jesus' name? I'm your boss. So it's very, very important to know that a clear conscience is not an option, it's not a luxurious fanciful kind of affair golden ribbon or a badge it's a foundational necessary quality that every believer should have if they dream of living an overcoming life if you want to be used by God you must have a pure conscience pure conscience is important Satan will know you By who you are, whether you have a pure conscience or not. The conscience is stained before God. You must know that your conscience is also stained before Satan. And the accuser of the brethren who is waiting to see how he can accuse will have power over you. At that point, your door is open, your fence is broken. Your vessel is leaky. You have no power to stand before the devil to resist the enemy. Only those who submit to God can resist the devil. You must submit to God. You must submit to His Word. In your trials and testings, your character will be revealed. What is your faith made up of? What is your faith made up of? What's the quality? You know, they do the metal testing. Is this really gold? This is nickel? How much nickel is there? How much gold is there? When the testing is done, the revelation is given. Okay, this is the result now this metal is pure gold this is mostly a mixture of metals it's not fully gold what's the worth of that going to be anybody can say that well you don't want to be partial to the metals you know for pure gold i want to give one dollar and for a metal that is not pure gold and mostly mixed metals I want to give one dollar to No. We all know in this world when something is pure, something is durable, something is precious, something is rare, it is costly. It is costly. Those who have pure faith, those who have genuine faith equals pure faith. When they are put to test and when they're put through test, when their faith is put to test, they shine forth as gold. What happens? Their worth, their value, before God and before the devil increases. Because there's no hold on their lives. Their conscience is clean before God. And then, they have a good reputation in heaven. And Satan also knows, oh, this is a lawyer child of God this a loyal man of God this is a loyal woman of God we have to be careful when that person enters a building when that person enter a building Satan is on high alert and someone who doesn't have a clear conscience enter in he's all happy he say, hey, this guy he's like cotton candy you can just blow him off or this woman this is all talk as it says in First Corinthians 13, just noise. It's just noise. You can just shut it down. Who cares? This is not going to have any impact on anybody who is here. But those who are really trustworthy, whose faith will shine forth as gold, they become a threat to the kingdom of darkness. And they become a joy to the kingdom of heaven. God will deliver His treasures to such people because He knows that they will treasure it. So one question to you this morning is, how much do you treasure God? How much do you treasure His Word? How much do you treasure what He treasures? Only to such people He will entrust His treasures. Do you treasure it? So what are you doing to prepare yourself so that He can pour into you? Do you really trust Him? How's your faith? Are you willing to give up anything and everything for Jesus if He'd call you to? How's your vision? Are you able to see clearly when He calls you? Are you able to see that that's the most important call one can receive even to receive that call? It's a high privilege you're willing to just drop everything and run? Do you esteem what He esteems? Do you despise what he despises? What is your priority? Is God your priority? Whatever concerns God, does it concern you? Are you like Apostle Paul, who can say, truthfully, when you say that you're praying, you're praying night and day? There's a man who's praying night and day. Not for himself but for someone else so that they can become just like him. That they too can receive everything that he has. What a selfless man of God. What a selfless servant of God. What a selfless Apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, who ran so well and who finished so well, may the Lord stir up your hearts this morning to truly make Jesus your ambition, to truly make Jesus your goal in life to truly make Jesus your everything. That you become faithful, loyal, trustworthy, sons and daughters of the living God. So that all of you can be called his beloved children. The two apostle Paul, as Timothy was, to God's servants not just spiritual children, but beloved spiritual children would really be obedient to God in everything. That the things of this world, the lust of this world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life should have no hold on the lives of any of our church believers. That it should be repulsive when it comes to those things, it has to be repulsive. Your conscience has to be clear before God and man. As you ask the Lord, Lord, purify me. As you ask the Lord, to change me. You ask the Lord to cleanse you of everything that is staining your conscience. God will do that for you this morning. Anger, wrath, rage, they should have no place in the lives of believers. Carnality, lying, perverse tongue, Rude speech, hardy words should have no place in the lives of God's people. That's not the nature of Jesus. If Jesus is in front of you, how will you behave? If Jesus is in your house, how will you behave? If Jesus is at your workplace, how will you behave? That's how you have to be if you truly believe that Jesus is in your heart. How much do you really believe that Jesus is with you? God is looking for those whose hearts are loyal towards Him. Nothing hidden, no hidden agenda when following Jesus Christ or serving Him. Motives must be pure because every action, every word will be sifted and tested by fire as the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to our hearts this morning to yield the members of your body to righteousness and say Lord forgive me there's a purification that God is expecting and He's working and there's a cleansing that God is doing I didn't prepare this message and God and God He bears witness to that. God gave this word. As He told me to open the scripture to this text. During the morning call, after I finished praying. This is God's word that God is coming to His people. To make His people His beloved. In order for that to happen, there has to be a cleansing. There has to be a purification. There has to be a continuous purification and continuous cleansing that needs to take place, that's necessary. To move from faith to faith and from glory to glory, there has to be a working of the Holy Spirit that needs to take place, that will only take place in the lives of those who really... And ask the Lord, Lord, show my heart see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the path of righteousness Lord and as the Lord brings it for you it is important to take that and deal with it and say I'm going to fix that which is wrong and work on it work on it with prayer be diligent and God will give you his power to crush the serpent in those areas if you're someone who's prone to losing temper take that seriously if you're someone who is loose with your mouth take it seriously don't say the well, world. it's a hard thing and I can't do this and are you going to lose what God has for you because you don't want to deal with it take it seriously whatever is difficult seemingly difficult what the enemy says oh it's a hard thing you know that right away that means the enemy doesn't want you to inherit what God has for you so he's making it seem like it's hard but is it hard? when the Bible says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you what do you believe? do you believe what God has spoken? or do you believe the lie of the enemy saying that well I can't be like Apostle Paul by saying that you're making the scriptures null and void in your life You can't make the scriptures null and void. But you can make it null and void in your life. Anytime you don't believe in a particular scripture, the power of the scripture will not be effective in your life. It will become ineffective in your life. So It's important to bring yourself before God. Say, Lord, examine me. And if the Lord brings anything, before you then lay it down at the altar and say Lord help me forgive me Lord my conscience is stained wash me clean so that my conscience can become pure and I'm going to work on this area if you're used to putting others down by means of sarcastic jokes then give your tongue over to God and work on it if you are used to saying negative things about yourself then you have stained your conscience you need to repent if you have spoken proud words then you have stained your conscience you need to repent and ask for the blood of Jesus to cleanse you so that your conscience can become pure again this conscience is given by God that's your great book it's been given by God to show where you stand before God some people can score an 80 in English and can score a 15 in math they can score a 100 in math and they can score a 0 in language arts When you see your grade, you know where you're doing well and where you're not. If that's your first quarterly report, then you need to study. Work on that subject where you're getting a zero or a 15. So that the next quarterly exam, you can do well and see a different rate. That's what God is saying today. Whatever area you see that you're not doing well, take it before the Lord. He will help you. If you're a believer, then His power is there to not only sanctify, but to keep you pure, to give you the strength to overcome where ever, wherever, you have weaknesses. This is not just physical weaknesses, it is also mental, emotional, spiritual. It is only for those who believe in his word. When you believe in his word, his word becomes all the more powerful. When you don't believe in his word, his word will become useless in your life. And so today is a day. Will you take the things of God seriously and say, Lord, forgive me. I want to change. I want to work in the areas where I need to work. I don't want to close my eyes to that as if nothing is wrong. If the Holy Spirit says, today you didn't do well, you need to take that and and pray and ask the Lord for grace and work at it not to say well I didn't do well today that means I can never do well now. if you have Christ you'll be lying to yourself and lying to God if you say that well I'm not going to do well you have Christ through Christ you can do all things so there's no room for well for some reason I can't do it maybe others can maybe Apostle Paul can and Pastor can and I can't that's a lie May God speak to our hearts this morning to impart faith to encourage you to move forward to obtain the clean conscience by truly repenting where repentance is necessary. If your conscience is clear before God and praise God for that keep it clear keep it pure. Continue to keep going forward and don't let anything defile that conscience. That God has for you. And be like. Timothy. A beloved son. A beloved daughter. In the faith. Be like Jesus. Be like Daniel. A loyal heart. A faith filled heart pleases God a humble heart that's attractive to God A conscience that's void of offense is a powerful conscience it's a powerful conscience clear conscience before God a person who has a clear conscience before God is a powerful person because he has or she has total room for the Holy Spirit to use them so he can invest everything that he wants to invest all his treasures into such vessels of God trustworthy loyal vessels of God who have clear conscience before God and man shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord thank you Jesus Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, precious Father, for giving us this sign in your presence so that we can praise and glorify your great name and also hear from your Spirit. thank you for speaking to us Lord through this passage that you've given to us this morning Lord because you love us you speak to us because you love us you want to sanctify us because you love us so much you're doing all these things for us Lord so we thank you for your love I pray that you'll continue to strengthen your people. Lead them into a deeper walk with you, Lord. Lead them into a closer walk with you, Jesus. And wherever they need to change, Lord, may they sincerely seek your help and work, Father, so that they may receive the treasures that you have for them. As your word says, yield the members of your bodies to righteousness, just like you yielded the members of your body to unrighteousness. I pray, may your people be proactive in loving you, proactive in serving you, proactive in living a holy life. May I thank you, Lord, and as your servant standing in the presence of God, before the throne of God, according to the power and authority given to me by the Almighty God, I pronounce this blessing upon you people that they may become true reflections of the Lord Jesus Christ. They may be beloved children of the Most High God, that they may be people who are full of faith They may be people who are ready to receive everything that you have for them, Lord, so that they can become vessels of blessings to all those who are in need. And I thank you, Lord, for doing this. I give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.